Tonight, Full Circle comes to you prepared to do our part to raise funds for the important station and also to bring you a film discussing one of our most vital substances, our food. Tonight, we're going to feature excerpts from a film called A Place at the Table. And A Place at the Table is a documentary film that examines what is hunger in America, who it affects, and how we rate on a global scale of hungry citizens in our country. That's right. On tonight's show, we will feature excerpts from the film, A Place at the Table. We'll also speak with Shanice Alexander of Oakland Food Policy Council and get her take on the film from a Bay Area perspective. And of course... Tonight, we'll be asking for your support for KPFA and the KPFA Apprenticeship Program. We're your hosts. I'm Freewell and Franklin. And I am David Delagran. Please don't touch that dial. All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Full Circle. I just wanted to ask, have you ever been hungry and gotten that pain in your stomach? And I'm not talking about just because you haven't taken the time to eat, but because you couldn't afford enough food to last until your next paycheck. Perhaps you have had to go to sleep on an empty stomach more than once or twice. Or maybe if not you, maybe you know of someone who struggles to maintain a consistent amount of food in the house and on the table. If this happens to be the case for yourself at any time of your life... I know it has for mine. Or like Franklin mentioned, maybe someone you know. Well, our film tonight, A Place at the Table, will show you that you're not alone. 50 million Americans, one in four of them are children. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. That is called food insecurity. A Place at the Table tells the powerful stories of three such Americans who strive to maintain their dignity even as they struggle just to eat. The film also shows us how the issue could be solved forever, as they have in the past, once the American public and our elected officials decide that ending hunger is in the best interest of us all. Before we get started with the film, we just want to remind you that you could donate anytime during this hour and get a copy of the film, A Place at the Table, And in doing so, you show your support for the KPFA Apprenticeship Program and KPFA at the same time. We want to encourage everybody to donate online if possible. You can go to kpfa.org, click on the Donate tab. But also, if you want to talk to a human being, the number to call is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. So now we're going to get into the film, A Place at the Table, In this first excerpt from the film, we begin to see what hunger looks like in America. Our home is a two-family unit. My daughter lives with us and her family and my husband. You're finding out more and more that the kids come back to the parents and they live and that's about how you make it. Let's <laughs> go. 
at the Cattleman's Grill. I've never received government assistance, but I went down there and I was going to try to get food stamps. They turned me away. My paycheck is about $120 every two weeks. So, it's hard. My husband, he works for St. Mary's Hospital. And I'm working now, too, so we're over the limit for help. We've got seven people in our family, so you make your food stretch. We've been without vegetables for a while. We do run out of milk. We eat dry cereal. You know, you have to live the best you can. You, you've got to make things stretch nowadays. It's not easy. Sometimes we run out of food, so we try to figure out something. Probably as friends for food. We get really hungry, and our tummies just growl, and okay. sometimes I feel like I'm going to barf because it feels bad. But I don't really know what to do. message this morning is church and community. The church should always be in the community. And I believe what we're doing is exactly what Jesus would have us to do is exactly what he's doing in the world today. Jesus was involved in those around him. Jesus fed 5,000. We fed 5,000 here in the not too distant past. Hunger is an issue in our community. One of the ways we found that the need is greater than we thought was on Wednesday nights, we started preparing a meal for anyone who wants to come, and we had no idea what to expect. <laughs> and now we have between 80 and 120 that we'll feed a hot meal to every Wednesday. So it is a bigger problem that we're aware of. I think when people hear the term hunger, they still imagine a skinny, undernourished human being. They see the pictures of famine victims from sub-Saharan Africa. That's the image that we carry around. If you're comparing hunger in America to hunger of the most grinding kind, then no, I mean, people are not dying of hunger in the same way here that, that they are in Africa. But that's about the best that you can say. It's a, a, a problem that people are ashamed of acknowledging. Uh, our, our own government is ashamed of acknowledging it, from my, my point of view. And you just kind of, uh, you know, you're, we're in denial about it, I think. right here in the United States. It could be right next door, and you would never know because people are too afraid to talk about it. 
Hold on tight. Layla, watch your shoe. Being where I'm from, there's so many expectations of these girls just have kids, drop out, do drugs, you know, things like that. I don't want to be that person. Since August, I lost my job. I had to get on public assistance to be able to have some type of income coming into the house. What's that? My dream is to go to college. If I go to school, it's an investment in my future. But at the same time, I'm struggling so much every day to be able to even feed my kids every day. <gasps> so it's really hard to make that decision now. Like, I can't tell my kids, OK, I'm going to school, so in two years, we're going to be fine. I can't tell them, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure you guys eat in two years. Eat oodles and noodles seven days a week, three, four times a day, because that's all we had, and cans of Chef Boyardee. And... When I had my children, I said I would never, ever let them taste it, just because that was my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But life brings you situations and circumstances, and it's up to you to be able to deal with it and find a way to get through it. A survey from the U.S. Department of Agriculture reports one in six Americans say they don't have enough to eat. Last year, nearly 30% of U.S. families were classified as food insecure. Food insecurity is this idea that you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You have no idea how you're going to manage to find that food or afford that food. And when 50 million Americans don't have that power, that's a very dark indication indeed of, of where we are. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA right here at the Pacifica Mothership in Berkeley, California. You just heard a clip from the film, A Place at the Table. And in that clip, it was just from the beginning of the film. It sets the scene, so to say, for the three families that are featured in the film. Three families, one in Colorado, one in Philadelphia, and one in Mississippi, each in their own way struggling to keep food on the table to feed their families. They are part of the 50 million Americans that don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And as that premium tonight on Full Circle, uh, we are offering the film A Place at the Table for a donation of $80. You can donate anytime online at kpfa.org. And that is a secure website donation. If you want to call and speak to an actual person, please do so now at 1-800-439-5732. And again, you can donate securely online by going to kpfa.org. So play a part in the radio station. Become active. You are a listener. Uh, be a supporter of KPFA. So when you call during the hour of Full Circle, which is our program, you are supporting KPFA and the KPFA Apprenticeship Program at the same time. 
That's right, David. And we all know that not everyone could always be on the streets and protest and be an activist in that way. And not everyone has the time to report those stories or time to create great films that open our eyes to things like hunger in America, such as this film, A Place at the Table. But if you are listening and you have the funds to share, you can be a radio activist right now by doing your part to keep this information flowing. So be a radio activist. Support us here at KPFA at this time. Um, We want everyone that can to donate securely online by going to kpfa.org and clicking on the donate button. But you can also call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And we've been getting a really good response, you know, during the first week of the fun drive. So help us pass on the baton to the weekend team as going full speed ahead. And you can donate, you know, 80 bucks, you know, for the DVD. If you spread it out for six months, that's only $13 a month. $13 a month, $80 gets you the film, A Place at the Table. Go online and donate securely for us. That's uh, online at kpfa.org. Just click on the donate tab. You could also, like we mentioned, call 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Get the film, A Place at the Table. This film is pulling back the curtain on the hunger problem in America. Who is suffering? Why? And most important, how this problem can be resolved if the political will were there. So um, we want to thank the few people that have already donated online and calling. And as we know, KPFA is very important to you, and we've been noticing noticing that um, in this first opening week of the fundraiser. That's right. And in our first clip, we heard three of the folks who are among 50 million Americans who are actually food insecure. That means that they don't know exactly how or where their next meal uh, is going to come for, for their families. And in this next clip, we're going to hear about some of the ways that hunger and the lack of nutrition and uh, the lack of nutritional intake plays a role in our health and the health of our future generations. And when we return, we're going to speak with Shanice Alexander, the director of the Oakland Food Policy Council, and she's going to bring us a local perspective on these very same issues. So let's go ahead and roll that clip. Aiden's first year of life was a period of a lot of struggle. At that time, I was making $9 an hour. Buying food was really an obstacle for me. So I applied for a food stamp, which means I was in the welfare office from 8 o'clock in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon, to then be told that I was $2 over the income limit. So because I was $2 over the income limit, I, didn't, I was not eligible for even a dollar in food stamps. So, you know, I didn't have what they needed or there just wasn't any more food. And I feel like it affected Aiden 
a lot. Mom. Yes. Yeah, Piggy. My Elmo. Yeah. Thank you. Huh? What happened? House. What happened with the house? Oh, no, mommy, no, mommy room. What happened, mommy room? Aiden, he was constantly in and out of the hospital. He was diagnosed with G6PD, which is an immune deficiency. He has hearing problems. And earlier this month, he was diagnosed with speech delay. Any kind of nutritional deprivation however short that it could be in those first three years of life, can have lifelong consequences for a child. It affects their cognitive development, their ability to get along with others. Find our flashlight here and look. They could be constantly sick, constantly getting infections because they're not well nourished. Mm -hmm. Do you know, has he had any colds? Or He's actually a little sick right now. Okay. Yeah. It can truncate a child's developmental potential. Whether or not it affects their growth outcomes, sort of their physical, their stature and their weight, it affects their brain at a much deeper level. Um, goddess or queen. Her husband died and um, he gave half of his kingdom to the Romans. And Hunger definitely impacts my classroom. I have had students come to me upset and it's definitely a huge issue in our small community. We are going to spend a little bit of time talking about how to use context clues to help us when we find words in the textbooks that we're reading. One student in particular, Rosie, I just really felt uh, she wasn't really applying herself in the classroom and I couldn't figure out where that attitude was coming from. I felt that she just really didn't care about what I wanted her to learn or that school was that important. And what I realized when I brought her in one day was the main issue was that she was hungry. I struggle a lot, and most of the time it's because my stomach is really hurting. So let's take a look. And my teacher tells me to get focused, and she told me to write uh, focus on my little sticker. And I, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be focusing. What it is. I start yawning, then I zone out, and I'm just looking at the teacher, and I, and I look at her, and all I think about is food. So I have these little visions in, in my eyes. Sometimes when I look at her, I vision her as a banana, so she goes like a banana. And everybody in the class is like apples or oranges. And then I'm like, oh, great. What were the two that you were trying to narrow it down to? A and B. A and B. And why were you thinking A? Um, me, um... We are tying the arms behind the backs of children as they go into public schools. We're making it so that we spend money for teachers and then we give, deliver to them a lot of children who can't learn. The lost potential. Um, you know, some of those kids could potentially be a great scientist or go on to be leaders in our armed forces. But the impact that hunger has messes everything up. 
And as a result of that, we're weakening our nation. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. We are your host. I'm Free Will and Franklin. I'm David Lagrange. And what you are hearing are clips from the documentary film, A Place at the Table, a film, as you could see, that examines hunger in America. And it was really saddened to hear these kids struggling for food and being in school and having really a lack of concentration, a lack of focus, and actually having what she called visions in her eyes of her teacher becoming a banana. Her teacher becoming a banana. That's how hungry she is. And all her classmates are apples and oranges. Ah, okay, you can get this incredible eye-opening DVD for a donation of $80 by going online to kpfa.org and clicking on the donate button. If you feel the urge to call and talk to a person, you can call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. All right, and we're just going to take a minute to get a couple of people on the line uh, right now and on online. So show your support for the apprenticeship program and for KPFA at the same time. You can educate yourself and educate others about the severity of the hunger crisis in America. Go online, kpfa.org. Give us a click. Click on the donate button. Or give us a call, 1-800-439-5732. No donation is too small. We're asking for 80 for the DVD, and you can even spread it out for six months. That's only $13 per month. Make sure that when you go online or when you call, ask for your bumper sticker. I got mine. It's awesome. Let's get a bumper sticker on every car. All right. Yeah, David. Uh, thanks to all of you. We got um, a pledge from Sonoma, California, El Granada, Richmond, Los Gatos, Menlo Park. Uh, a pledge from Lindsay, California. Thank you all for donating at this time. We really appreciate the support and we really believe in the sharing of this important information. And we have all been learning now how common hunger is around this country. Like we said earlier, A Place at the Table, the DVD we're offering tonight, follows three families as they work hard but often fall short on providing good, healthy meals for themselves and for their families. And these families reside in Philadelphia, Colorado, and Mississippi. But these issues really go throughout the entire United States and, truthfully, beyond, you know, worldwide, right? We're going to give out the number one last time and actually encourage you to donate online uh, which really helps us out. So click on kpfa.org and donate there or just call 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. This is you. <laughs> now we're going to turn to our special guest tonight who will help bring these issues home to us here in the Bay Area. Yesterday, my co-host, Free Willen Franklin, mm-hmm. spoke with Shanice Alexander of the Oakland Food Policy Council. Welcome, Sh- Welcome, Shanice. Thank you. Thanks for coming in tonight. I want to get to the topics covered in the film, A Place at the Table, but before we start, will you just tell us a little bit of what's at the heart of the Oakland Food Policy Council, your role, and then really what got you into the food justice business? Yeah, definitely. So the Oakland Food Policy Council started in around 2009, and the focus is creating an equitable and sustainable food system in Oakland. So we do that through 
policy initiatives. We do a lot of work in the community to actually gauge what's going on in our communities throughout Oakland. And then we take that to the legislative level and actually make some changes um, that will impact on a systemic level. So my role is the council director. The council is made up of 21 volunteer members and myself, who is the only paid staff. So it is a lot of work. <laughs> it's definitely a lot going on, but we've made some really great impacts over the last few years. I did not fall into food justice work on purpose. My background is in workforce development, social work. I have my master's of social work focused on community health and urban development. So I moved to Oakland about a year and a half ago after working in Chicago for about four years at a uh, urban farm that actually had a workforce development program. So uh, little did I know that that experience would actually help me in this position. I was very much focused on uh, program development and helping folks, you know, learn how to farm, but use those skills to actually take out to the workforce and find permanent employment. Um, so that's really my background is it's workforce development, but really social justice. Anything social justice is really what I'm interested in. And food insecurity, food justice is a part of that. Um, a big part of the work that we do is trying to break down these silos within the social justice issues that we're seeing. So often we look at these issues as you know, their own problems. So housing insecurity, education, food insecurity, when really anyone who's experiencing any one of those things are probably experiencing the other. So I'm coming in really with the understanding that we have to break those down and we have to really address these issues on a systemic level to really make a, the impact that we want to see. Well, obviously you're a busy person working hard. Thanks for taking the time to come speak with us tonight on KPFA. Thank you. I want to get to the film now, Place at the Table. The film talks about hunger and different people who suffer the actual pain of going hungry at times. And they're not just the folks you would imagine a hungry person, like maybe someone that happens to be homeless or struggling for food in that way. But these are working folks that still can't seem to make ends meet, sometimes two-parent working families. The film takes place in Philadelphia, Colorado, and Mississippi. But how does it tie here at home in the Bay Area where people are food insecure? And that term is, comes out in the movie. So explain food insecurity and then talk about the relative in food insecurity to the Bay Area. Definitely. So as you know, and as most of us know, the Bay Area is one of the most expensive places to live in the country. Um, and that has a lot of implications. And a part of that is, well, if I am not making a living, a living wage, then I may not have the number of meals that I deserve throughout any given day. Uh, not only that, I may not be eating the foods that are actually good for my body, right? So um, there's a big uh, issue with, and the film talked about this, the difference, the, the connection between uh, going hungry, food insecurity, and obesity. And so that's definitely a huge issue is that even though you may not be um, going without any food on any given day, you may be eating food that is accessible to you and it's really, really bad for you. And so that has huge implications to how you feel, you know, how you operate in the world, 
um, your mental health, your physical health. And so in the Bay Area, I think it's really the way things are happening now. And there's a lot of displacement of folks who have been here for a long time. We have a lot of folks who can't afford to pay rent. A lot of restaurants and family-owned businesses that are being displaced as well that have been um, centers in our communities that have provided some of those foods that really uphold the communities and they're being displaced. So um, those are some of the issues that we are seeing here in the Bay Area, specifically Oakland, definitely as things are changing almost overnight. The film, they also talk about some of the consequences of poor food quality, such as childhood obesity that you mentioned, poor school attendance, a lack of concentration and focus, diabetes. I mean, the list, it's so long, it just goes on and on and on. I want to take a listen to a short clip from the film and then we'll come back and talk about how the um, the school system feeds our children and the, the amount of money that we as a, a country actually spend on food for kids. So let me play that clip. We'll be right back. What's served in the schools is very much a function of the kind of investment we've been willing to make. If you figure that the federal government is reimbursing schools 268 for a meal that's served free and you take out the labor cost and the administrative cost and costs for gas and electricity and custodial services and what have you. It really doesn't leave a lot for food. Most schools report that they have between 90 cents and a dollar to actually spend on food. I'm going to stop it there just for um, time's sake. What are your thoughts on school lunches? Um, How healthy are they? And also, like the clip talked about, the amount of money, 90 cents to a dollar, we're spending on school lunches for our children. Yeah, it's it's horrible. You know, it's it's bad. And there are some examples of schools and school systems around the country and specifically in the Bay Area that are doing really good work at trying to counteract that. In general, food, school food is not good. It's almost the worst of the worst that anyone could be eating. It's highly processed. There's usually no fresh fruits or vegetables. It's high in sugar, fat, and things like that. And so it's really not doing anything but providing a temporary energy boost and then crash for our young people. And so OFPC has been working specifically with Oakland uh, Unified School District to have them take on the good food purchasing policy, which is actually out of the uh, L.A. Food Policy Council and San Francisco Unified School District. They've actually agreed to to take that on earlier this year. So that's definitely a win. That's an example of how we can definitely impact school food, right? What's that policy and what does it do for us? The good food purchasing policy is basically guidelines that say, As an institution, whether you're a school, a hotel, a hospital, this is how you can provide good quality food, purchasing locally, purchasing from businesses that, you know, pay their staff a living wage, purchasing from farms that treat animals humanely. Um, So really laying out guidelines that help institutions start making these changes so that we're leading more toward a healthier lifestyle for our our young people and everyone, really. Um, So I think that's, that's a great move for our institutions. Some small-scale examples of what schools are doing. I know that uh, Castlemont High School, they have a, a gardening program that young people can t- participate in and learn how to farm there. And then Bishop 
O'Dowd High School, they actually have a gardening program where they actually use some of that food in the lunchroom. And so that school is an example of, okay, we're going to teach the young people how to grow, and then they're going to actually see the process of what it means to prepare that food, and then they get to eat it. And that's awesome. They always like that when they get to eat it in the end. Exactly. All right. Well, the film A Place at the Table also uses terms like food deserts, food equity. Let's go through a couple of those terms. What is it to... Uh, meet the criteria to be considered a food desert? And do we have them in the Bay Area around here? Oakland, San Francisco, Berkeley, are there food deserts here? Definitely, (laughs) definitely. So what is a food desert? Yeah, so the USDA uh, defines a food desert specifically as an urban area that lacks access to fresh fruits, vegetables, and whole, whole foods. Specifically in Oakland, West and East Oakland are considered food deserts. And what that means is within those communities, many of those communities, not all, but many of those communities don't have access to full service grocery stores where you can go and buy vegetables and fruits and meat, really, um, unprocessed foods. So um, a food desert is a place where I may have to travel several miles outside of my own community to actually get some of the staple items that I need to actually make healthy meals. And in the film, uh, just as an example, they one of the stories, the woman has to get on the bus, take another bus. The one-way trip is an hour just to get to a fully stocked grocery store with vegetables and meat, like you were saying, mm-hmm. not just processed foods like a corner liquor store, a gas station, or a food mart. Let's move on here. I guess... If we had food justice, there would be food equity. But let's talk about what is food equity to you and the um, Oakland Food Policy Council. And if we have that food equity, is that food justice? It's tricky, right? (laughs) So it's equity is kind of umbrella under food justice. So that would be the ultimate goal, food justice. But it might mean something different to different people. OFPC definitely operates under a socioeconomic and racial equity lens. So what that means is our main focus is supporting low-income communities and and communities of color and making sure that they're able to have access to the same healthy foods, healthy grocery stores, farmers markets, gardens, all of those things in the same way that other communities do. Um, I, I live in East Oakland and I do most of my grocery shopping in San Leandro because it's more convenient and I have more options there. So the goal for us is to go into the community, see what's actually going on there, um, pull some of those sugar-sweetened beverages off the shelf, get rid of a lot of those, you know, just like the hot chips and things that are just thrown in the faces of our young people, um, and that's all they have, and put more food in corner stores, put more fresh produce, vegetables in the stores that are in those communities already. And I do want to be very clear that the goal is not to uh, go into those communities and just tell people what to do. We want the community to actually have the opportunity to support themselves. They've been doing it forever. So how can we empower you to continue doing what you're doing and to move toward healthier, you know, access and options throughout the community as it stands and as it's culturally appropriate? All right. Well, um, we're going to let you go in a few minutes, but after we do say goodbye to you, we're going to play a clip from the film that we're going to see um, one reason for people's poor food choices, as you mentioned, is economic. Talk about the cost of good, healthy food versus the cost of unhealthy processed food. And then 
tie that to something you mentioned earlier, the living wage or a fair wage. The easiest example for me is the difference in cost between a bottle of water and a bottle of soda. If I'm really thirsty and I stop at a 7-Eleven or whatever store I'm at, do I want to spend $1.89 on a bottle of water or 99 cent or on a soda? If I am financially insecure, I don't have the money to that to stretch, um, I'm going to go with a cheaper option. It's as simple as that, right? Um, and, and that's how I make my money stretch. So um, those are the types of issues that folks, specifically low-income folks, are constantly having to navigate. How do I make this last? And they talked about it in the film. Some things, they're just less expensive <laughs> and easier to make go further, even though they're not healthy, even though they're not good for our bodies, but they, they are a placeholder. It's something that I think is, if we pay attention to it, it's very clear that there's uh, some inequity in how products are sold to different communities, uh, what product placements are put out there for our young people, who's sponsoring our sporting events and athletics and things that are really exciting to us. Um, and we need to pay attention to that and make some changes because it's really impacting the health of our communities. And lastly, before we, we let you go, um, thanks for joining us again. We've been speaking with Shanice Alexander of the Oakland Food Policy Council. But we are here at the um, Pacifica Network Mothership Station, KPFA, and we are in the middle of a fundraiser. I wanted to ask you, is what I ask a lot of people when they come on during the fundraiser period, is we're here speaking on community radio, getting this important message out. Why do you feel it's important for people to support community-powered and listener-sponsored radio? Yeah, definitely. So there's a lot going on with our media right now, and media is extremely powerful. Um, I think it's extremely important and, and great that we have some locally based media sources to turn to uh, to know exactly what's going on in our communities, because often with the, the bigger media platforms, we're only getting a certain story, and it's sometimes the same story over and over again, and we don't necessarily know what's going on in our own communities. So having uh, this platform to actually have conversation with what's going on on the ground, like I said, influence is so much. It influences individuals, organizations, institutions, and it's super important. So I definitely appreciate the opportunity to be here. I appreciate this platform for, you know, Oakland and the Bay Area to keep us connected. And yeah, I, I think, you know, more people should get involved and, and listen and tap into what's going on in, in our communities. All right. Thank you, Shanice Alexander of the Oakland Food Policy Council. Thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Thank you. Yes, welcome back. As you just heard myself say, that was the voice of Shanice Alexander of the Oakland Food Policy Council. Um, the lone employee, it's a very interesting operation the way they work there. They got one paid staff, which is Shanice. They got four or five interns who help her get some legwork done. But then the council is made up of 21 volunteers that help vote and make uh, policy decisions. The Oakland Food Policy Council has regular monthly meetings open to the public um, and often has open applications to become a voting member of the council. We will link to the Oakland Food Policy Council on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, directly after the show. There you'll also be able to listen to the extended interview um, with Shanice's thoughts on past presidents, uh, commitment to ending hunger, and how the Obama administration has done. That's kpfaapprentice.org. Check that out anytime after the show for the extended interview and some photos of Shanice and myself and my co-host here, Dennis. And tonight... Oh, I'm sorry, we, David. 
Thank you, Mr. Frank Sterling. So tonight we're offering the film, it's called A Place at the Table, for a donation of $80. But of course, we appreciate any donation. $25 will actually allow you to be a voting member in our next election. Uh, there's one going on now that current members can vote in. Now remember, no donation is too small, really. And please, the number is 1-800-439-5732. Once again, that's 1-800-439-5732. Or if you happen to be... Like my Uncle Tony listening in Ohio, <laughs> you can donate securely online by going to KPFA. Dot org. Click on the donate button. And once again, the number is 1-800-439-5732 or online anytime, but in this hour specifically, uh, kpfa.org. Yes, uh, we appreciate all the online votes. We got another one from San Francisco. Also, Antioch. Whoop, whoop. That's where I'm from. If you're out there listening in Antioch, why don't you support old Franklin here and give a... Uh, Give a click to kpfa.org or get on the line, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We're going to roll into our next clip now. In this excerpt from A Place at the Table, we will hear why people end up buying these cheap, unhealthy foods versus the more healthy whole foods. Up on there. This is gonna make a noise. Step up on the table right now. I'll be with you in just a second. What grade are you in? Second. Second? You're in the second grade? How old are you? Fixing to be eight. Fixing to be eight. Alright, and you got asthma? Okay, do you ever have problems with shortness of breath when you're outside playing or anything? Okay. What'd you eat for breakfast this morning? I eat. You didn't eat breakfast this morning? Okay. When you get home in the afternoon, do you eat a snack? What do you eat? Chips. Chips. What else, baby? What do you drink? Pop. Pops. Okay. Do you have any other snacks besides chips you could eat? Huh? Cookies. Kisses? Cookies. Cookies. Cookies and chips. Okay. Maybe you could ask mom to start buying you some some carrots and some celery and maybe some apples. You could slice some apples up. That'd be good. Hmm. A lot of people think there is a yawning gap between hunger on the one hand and obesity on the other. In fact, they're neighbors. And the reason that they happen often in the same time and often in the same family and the same person is because they are both signs of having insufficient funds to be able to command food that you need to, to, to stay healthy. I look around and see what's the cheapest. You have fruit are very high. And you got chips that's 35 cents a bag. So I say, okay, I'm not gonna get some fruit, I'm gonna get some chips. But if the fruit on sale, I'll leave the chips and get the fruit. 
she's uh, overweight for her age. She's very overweight for her age. So I have to sort of watch it, and that bothers me. If you look at what has happened to the relative price of fresh fruits and vegetables, it's gone up by 40% since 1980 when the obesity epidemic first began. In contrast, the relative price of processed foods has gone down by about 40%. So if you have only a limited amount of money to spend, you're going to spend it on the cheapest calories you can get. And that's going to be processed foods. This has to do with our farm policy and what we subsidize and what we don't. Look out, Mom. Look out, Paul. Look at that. Things I've been kicking coming. The subsidy system that we now have actually started back in the 1930s during the Great Depression. Farmers were the first to be hit hard when the economy went bad. There was a lot of pressure to put some sort of government assistance forward to help them get a decent price at harvest time for their crops. The programs in the Great Depression, of course, were emergency programs. The idea was if we could, on a temporary basis, help support the prices of farm products, that would get through this difficult period. And then we would let the market take over, except we never let the market take over. In the 1930s and 40s and into the 50s, and even a little bit beyond that, I think you could make the case that it really was family farmers who were mostly benefiting from these programs. But as the agricultural sector became more concentrated in terms of ownership of the land resources, more and more of these operations came to resemble agribusinesses and not family farming operations. U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, is one of the most diverse and complex agencies in the entire federal government. It does everything from international food trade, to the Forest Service, to food safety, to animal protection, to, of course, farming programs and food and nutrition programs. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has increasingly become the domain of support for mega farms and mega farming corporations. Most of that subsidy money, about 70% of it, has gone just to 10% of those beneficiaries. The biggest, largest, best capitalized farms, they're hauling in this taxpayer money now. And so there is this, this weird paradox where Welfare for the poor is scorned, but corporate welfare, as it's known, is sort of heartily endorsed. We subsidize the basic ingredients in processed foods. 
We do not subsidize fruits, vegetables, and whole grains because the producers tend to be small producers. They don't have the kind of political clout that the big commodity producers of corn and soybeans and wheat that gets processed do. These subsidies made products very cheap and therefore made it profitable for the food industry to invest in the infrastructure for processing those products into the packaged goods that we see on every counter, in every corner store, in every vending machine that are really ubiquitous now and all around us. Welcome back to Full Circle Full Circle here on KPFA. Again, you just heard another clip from the film, A Place at the Table, our gift to you tonight for a donation of $80. And you can see in that clip that they that what we're doing is we're subsidizing the unhealthy foods while the producers of the good healthy foods um, are not receiving subsidies, which makes it more difficult for um, people to afford. Um, in that clip that we had um, for people on a super tight budget, a lot of times they have to sacrifice quality of food for quantity of food. Um, that means instead of making good, healthy choices of fruits and vegetables and quality meats, you know, whole foods, that folks are instead choosing more processed, unhealthy foods. And for the simple fact that we as a nation have made those healthy, those unhealthy processed foods more affordable. And one thing that you couldn't see in the um, you couldn't see because you're a radio listener, but that little kid that they were talking to at the beginning of the clip going into the second grade was very large, was very overweight from eating all that processed and unhealthy food. And that's a direct result of us, you know, subsidizing the ingredients in pro- uh, highly processed, unhealthy foods and not really subsidizing the good, whole, healthy fruits and vegetables like we should. That brings to mind the the image of hunger, like a you know, just a, like they mentioned in the film, it's a deep grinding hunger here and here in America. Uh, it's not like a famine uh, type of hunger, you know, where you know we're getting the most calories, you know, for the cheapest price and and, and all that. But um, and so that's that's definitely something that that needs to be addressed more as a as a nation here. Uh, bringing it locally here, I, I want to let y'all know, you know, give us a click online, uh, kpfa.org, bringing it back. Uh, make a donation of eighty dollars, and the film is yours. And uh, so you can spread it out again, you know, over six months to thirteen dollars a month. And so call KPFA, Hey KPFA, one eight hundred Hey KPFA, or one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. And we feel that by standing with us here at KPFA and the apprenticeship program. And coming together in an organized way to help support the station and the information that we bring you um, is your way of standing with folks like Shanice Alexander, who works hard towards food justice and equity for everyone. Uh, it's a way that you can say yes. Uh, you know, you, the producers of the film, you, the producers of uh, Full Circle, are doing the right thing. Um, I'm going to stand up and do the right thing as well by making don- a donation to KPFA. Yeah, and you could do that for us right now. Uh, most preferb- uh, preferably, if you go to kpfa.org and click on the donate button, you can get this DVD, share it with everyone you can, let people know what's happening to our neighbors, our friends, and perhaps even some people in our own families. People are hungry out there, 
And how would you think this could happen in the so-called richest and most uh, wealthy country on the planet? Um, Give us a call right now, 1-800-439-5732. Preferably, if you can, go to kpfa.org, click on the donate button and donate securely on our website. And once again, if you are going to call, the number is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. So this film features a long list of food justice activists, experts in nutrition, and celebrities, including Raj Patal. is an author of Stuffed and Starved. Academy Award-winning actor Jeff Bridges, co-founder of the End Hunger Network, and spokesperson for the No Kid Hungry campaign. And also Tom Caliccio, chef and executive producer of television's Top Chef who presents his own down-to-earth case to Washington for increases in child nutrition programs and spending. Also in the film, if you um, decide to uh, get this tonight, Tom uh, Carriccio also created a challenge for the Top Chef contestants on television where the participants of the reality-based cooking TV show had to prepare a lunch meal uh, with the uh, budget that the lunch cafeteria people are put on, which is less than a dollar a day per students. And if you do get the film, you'll find out that they didn't really uh, succeed very well. And a lot of the times their excuse was they couldn't include a lot of the healthy ingredients they wanted because it wasn't in their budget. And that's what's happening to our school cafeterias every day. Again, we want to give a big thank you to all the people on the line at this time. Also, people donating out there in the world. We got... Um, my dad, uh, Frank Sr., thank you, Dad. Um, my mom, Roberta, thank you, Roberta. And our own Dennis Roos. Hey, hey, Dennis, thank you. And then um, there's been other people donating online. We got another pledge from Antioch, San Francisco, and another pledge. I can't uh, figure out where it's from yet, but we did get another one from McMinnonville. So thank you to everybody out there. Um, get online, give us a click, kpfa.org, get the film, A Place at the Table. Or give us a call tonight, uh, 1-800-439-5732. Let us know how we're doing, the right thing, and by seeing you know all the calls coming in. Well, thank you. Thank you a lot. Uh, we're happy to have the Oakland Food Policy Council on the show tonight. I know there are other organizations and activists that are engaged in food justice. I heard of a tour that's happening called the East Bay Food Justice Showcase. This event is presented by the Bay Green Tours uh, ahead of the NorCal, North California Permaculture Convergence. Uh, you have to buy tickets for it uh, or volunteer, but events like those are very awesome. Um, this tour addresses concerns about food access, jobs, policy, education. I'm talking about... Um, Organizations such as the Giltract Community Farm, Planting Justice, uh, local Bay Area organizations. Uh, for any kind of details, you can uh, contact, I believe it's Marley B at Bay Area Green Tours.org or go to North American Permaculture.org. Yeah, step up and do what you can. Get involved in uh, organizations like that. Get involved in these tours and see what's going on to bring food justice uh, to our people, to everyone that deserves a good meal. So we need to uh, make sure food justice and food equity is for everyone. Um, Click right now, kpfa.org. Get the film, A Place at the Table. 
Um, the film shows how hunger and food insecurity pose a deep threat to our nation and that these problems can be solved once and for all if the American public and their elected officials have the political will. They, you know, they have done it in the past. For a while there, you know, people were not as hungry in America, but it has slipped away. And I want to remind everybody that we're a part of the KPFA Apprenticeship Program. When you click on the donate button tonight at kpfa.org and get yourself a copy of this film, A Place at the Table, you're not only supporting KPFA, but you're saying, hey, you know, I'm supporting the KPFA Apprenticeship Program. And I'd just like to run through a real quick list of some of the stuff that we brought you because the Apprenticeship Program brought you the March for Climate Leadership the Block the Boat, the Iraq Veterans Against the War Roundtable Discussion and on War and the Effects. We were at Shutdown Creech in the Nevada, in the Nevada desert for a week of video streaming. Um, we were at the 50th anniversary to honor Cesar Chavez and Larry Itliang at the Great, uh, the Great Great Boycott from Delano, California. And just this year alone, we brought you the Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival, the Richmond Health Fair. We had a Black Lives Matter roundtable discussion, and we just graduated a group of apprentices and released onto the radio world five new fully capable producers, engineers, and hosts. Yes, and they could do it all. Give us a click right now, kpfa.org. Give us a call, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We could see La Onda's getting ready to um, take up the mic, and we just got um, a couple more minutes right now. We're waiting for the signal in there. A big thank you to all that called and and clicked um give us that call or that click kpfa.org $80 gets you a copy of this film a place at the table that breaks down to 6 months $13 a month david any last words remember you know no donation is too small remember the bernie sanders movement where an average what donation was $27 and it made such a big change so really just get on get online click it kpfa.org give us a call you know just make it happen i'm broke i donate it happens and um, as you can hear by our music we're coming to the end of tonight's show a big thank you to miss m dennis ruse in there joy moore production consultant uh sylvia torres is at the controls la onda is getting lined up i've been your host free will and franklin and i am david de la gran thanks for joining us tonight on full circle and get ready for la onda bajita, bajita. <laughs>